May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be free from harm. May all beings love life. May all beings awaken. Welcome to another Cuke Audio podcast. I'm DC, Puba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives. Throwing in our two cents worth in preserving the legacy of Shunyu Suzuki and those whose paths cross his. And anything else that comes to mind. I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship, and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. So today we have a guest, one Dot Kostrikin. I should have gotten her to say her name because I don't know if I've, well, I haven't heard it in a long time. She, uh, anyway, Dot and I have known each other since 1967 uh, when Tassara first opened. Uh, uh, we, we were open first uh, for guests and outsiders I think on May 1st, 1967. And, you know, we'd only had it since at the very end of December. Uh, and we ran a, a guest season then. I'm not sure it started on May 1st. That's what I remember. We might have started a little earlier because we had to quit, you know, like the last week of June or maybe just uh, a, a Few days before July, can't remember exactly because that, and maybe we, we, maybe we did run it all the way through June, May and June, and then quit it uh, because I think the uh, the opening ceremony was uh, uh, July fourth. Uh, there were two ceremonies there, right around there. There was the installation of Richard Baker. At, no, it was his ordination of Richard Baker as a Zen priest, which is the term we used, uh, because we weren't really monks, but we weren't really priests either. So we've never known what to say. And Suzuki Roshi felt the same. When nobody ever was satisfied with these terms. And uh, he gave uh, a talk um, and uh about maybe when the when they first moved into the building on Page Street in 1969 on like uh, November 19th maybe uh, that we're neither monk nor lay and um, uh, we're neither priest nor lay you know we're not quite priests really and we're not quite lay people either. And he was talking about sort of the the, the practicing community uh, there, because um, there, you know, people were really gung ho, um, and he liked it that way. He didn't care about the the differentiation that much. Um, I mean, but he did want to have disciples that he ordained, and he wanted them some of them, to go to Japan and, you know, try to glean a little of the wisdom from there and uh, hoped that uh, they could glean a little of the, not wisdom, uh, the spirit anyway, <laughs> uh, that we had. 
uh, and uh, but and he appreciated us, but you know some of us have let it go to our heads thinking that that we had something over them which isn't true. And people would call us monks, you know, like Dot does in this. She said when, you know, when she first arrived for something, the monks were in the Zendo chanting. We were entirely lay people except for um, Cobancino. No, he wasn't even there yet. Uh, uh, there might have been nothing but lay people unless Suzuki Roshi was there. Katagiri, Katagiri usually wasn't there. He was almost always in the city. Uh, anyway, uh, that's very common. And and people, even who were students, will say, I was a monk at Tassara, when they were just a lay person. And that's all right. Uh, it's just, <laughs> I just mix those words around. All right, so I said there were two uh, ceremonies. That was Dick's installation and then there was uh, the opening ceremony for Tassahara. That They were like two different days, I think. And they were right around July 4th. Uh, I don't even know if I have a an absolute dating of that. We were really bad at keeping records. Oh, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Anyway, I met Dot back then. She was Dot Luce. And she was a guest, and she talks about it, how uh, she had come there sort of on retreat in a difficult time in her life uh, with um, her marriage. and uh, So she started sitting with us, practicing zazen with us, and then uh, she came back uh, to practice with us uh, that year more. And she just lived uh, out in Carmel Highlands, uh, which, you know, it's still, oh, I don't know, an hour and 45 minutes from there, two hours, or depends on how you drive. And so uh, Dot and I continued uh, to uh, know each other for some years there. And then uh Oh, I don't know. There was a long period of decades I didn't see her. And then she came to a a, a reunion, Tassara reunion of sorts. Maybe it was the 25-year reunion. And because uh, I remember I was there with Katrinka, and I hadn't seen her in a long time. And uh, then she'd moved up to Arcata and was with the Zen group up there. And I remember Katrinka and me uh, dropping by and visiting her, surely when we were on our way to see Katrinka's uh, son and his family in uh, oh, in uh, Oregon, or before he had a family, he just had a wife at that point. But anyway, so uh, look, that's enough. Let's uh, give Dot a call after we've had our pause to meditate. So when you hear the bell, if you're of such a mind, uh, hit pause and meditate or whatever for as long as you wish. And when you're through with the meditation or whatever, hit unpause. And we'll be there to hit the bell to end the meditation or whatever. And we'll give Dot Kostrikin a call. 
Incidentally, I didn't ask her either why, why, where Kostrykin comes from. I guess that's her maiden name. Yeah. All right. Hello. Hi, Dot. Hi. This is great. We're finally reconnected. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just eating some. I'm heating up some top ramen. I haven't had any of that in a while. Really, the good old days. Always being broke and eating top ramen. Ah, <laughs> that's great. That's great. What are you up to these days? How are you doing? Well, I think mostly I am not working because of COVID and not being able to finish my licensure renewal. Uh, otherwise, I would have worked, which I'm a, I guess I'm just habituated to working. But after that, because of COVID, I've been pretty bored. We stayed home a lot, the office for obvious reasons. And, um, not much has been going on. I keep track of, you know, trying to eat well, take care of myself, and Ray lives with me. So the two of us sort of keep each other company and uh, live life pretty, unevent pretty uneventfully. It's not very exciting. Uh, most exciting thing we do, occasionally is go to the city for medical treatment or for just go down there and get something done. Yeah. So that's about it, you know. Yeah. And David, a lot of the stuff for me that's entertainment is like Facebook. And with my vision, that's tough. It's hard for me to read even that, enlarging it. But for instance, David does beautiful photography. And I enjoy that, seeing that he does a lot of outdoor work. And, well, it's primarily outdoor, beautiful and it sort of takes me out of myself, and I really appreciate that, and I told him that. Oh, oh, that's really nice. You said yeah, David. Do you mean Ray? No, I mean David, the guy that talked to you, did not talk to me tonight, that hooked me up with you. Oh, David Silva. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, well, that's great. That's great. Yeah, he's my Facebook buddy, and oh. I appreciate him so much. Oh, that's neat. Well, um... Hmm. Well, let's see. You and I met back in 19... Do you remember? Well, 67. I arrived as a guest the first time. It's a long story about why, how I got invited to go as go a on. guest. Tell me. Okay. It's kind of boring, but I was a student at... Um, uh, Bonneray JC doing work with my for my psychology degree and in the class, the group psychology class we did group psychology in the class with people and an elderly woman to me, she must have been ancient, I think she probably ended up being 50 
<laughs> and I was, you know, a very young mother of three. She said to me, you really should take a break. Have you ever been away from your children? And I said, no. And she said, have you ever been away from your family at all since you've been married? And I said, no. I hadn't, I've never thought of that. And she said, I recommend you really should go to visit something. There's this old place in the mountains that was a colony for artists. And I think someone new is moving in. I hear it's Buddhists or whatever. But you might find it very restful and give you a break from your family. It might be a good thing to do. And that was a really shocking thought to do something for myself, by myself, without my family. My kids are my husband. And that had never, it never occurred to me that I could do it. So I guess I was already into doing yoga seriously and meditating every day with yoga. And I thought, well, maybe I can manage it. I'll figure it out. And I was very, very young and very naive. I rented a car and I rented an Oldsmobile, which of course had automatic shift and power brakes or whatever. And of course, coming down the hill, they burned out. Uh. <laughs> I swerved, saved myself, managed. I got up and out of the car was smoking and go into the guest, uh, the place that was greeting you, the, the little office. Yeah. And I forget what her name was behind the counter. But she looked at me, and the first thing that I heard were the, the monks chanting, the the people in the window, which was next to the office. Right. And I said, what is that? And she said, it's the chanting. And I was just struck, dumb. And I put my hand against the wall. And I just stood there for a while. And later she told me, I've forgotten her name, but she was, about, you know, she's a person who's been there a long time. She said to me after, you know, I've never had the feeling that you showed me that day to look on your face. And I said, well, what was the book? And she said, you looked struck dumb. And I said, I was. And it just was, I've never, I'd never felt like that. So it was interesting. Mm. And I, I started my stay and with the, the guests and the, the way things were working, I tried very hard to have <clears throat> privacy. And with the guests, it wasn't possible. People kept Guys usually would kind of approach me if I was sitting off in a corner, like trying to be, you know, friendly and saying, "Why don't you join the rest of us?" or whatever. And I would say, "No, I'm I'm fine, thank you." And I really wanted quiet. And uh, being a guest, then it was not possible to be separate and quiet. And you picked up on that. And you're the one who said to me, "Would you like to eat in a different place? You know, can I give you a space, maybe somewhere?" a little apart. And I said, oh, yes, I would really appreciate that. So you got me a little corner nook away from all the the crowds of people. And I came in early after meditating in my room, doing yoga. And I would have my meals alone. And finally, you said to me, would you like to sit, meditate with the rest of the students? 
And I said, can I? That never occurred to me. And you said, yes. So you arranged it somehow that I could go in. And I did meditate. And that's the way I spent my, I forget how long the vacation was, maybe. I don't think more than two weeks is that. But it changed my life. Mm. When I left, I went home. And I got up in the morning before my husband got up and meditated in the bathroom where I could have quiet. And then I continued to meditate on my own. And then the big thing in my heart was to go back as soon as I could. So what happened is I signed on for summer as a student and I got accepted and I went that summer and worked as a student. And that's when the kids came to stay with me. I forget how long because I couldn't, my husband wouldn't take care of them. There was no one else to take care of them. So they came and lived at Tassahara, which was, again, nothing planned on or expected. It just happened. Mm. And, of course, for them, it was summer dream. It was the kind of summerous I used to have as a kid at parks uh, like, oh, Russian River and whatnot, growing up, and they loved it. They were head over heels as far as they were concerned. I think they would have stayed, except that school was looming, of course, and we had to leave for that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it changed my life, mm. especially my relationship with Roshi. Mm. Let's hear about that. Well, he was... He frightened me because he looked so unapproachable. And so not, how can I put it? He didn't look as if he would hurt anyone, but he was so removed from my day-to-day life. He was so exotic to me, so, oh gosh. And then it became, from that, it turned into being so human, slipping the kids some candy from his pocket and laughing with his little secret smile, telling them, you know, like it's a secret between them. And the kindness and the strength. I had not known a male that had that kind of feeling that aroused the feeling in me. He's not like a grandfather, but he was very paternal, I think, feeling to me. Mm. And very and paternal, what I mean is I felt safe around him. And I with men, I, I often felt confused, I think, about how they reacted to me, confused me. But with him, there was not that feeling of confusion at all. I felt very clear with him about a relationship. And it was teacher. It was really clear. So when I did Bilkasan with him, it was very funny. <laughs> it was very, it revealed a lot to me about myself and my life at that point. Um, I got in with trembling and fear and thinking of just raking my brain for what brilliant thing I would ask him so he wouldn't think I was a fool that he would think I was a serious student 
And I went in and sat trembling, you know, in fear of this great man. And he, of course, picked up on everything. I couldn't fool it for him. And he walked around me, perambulated around me, and he looked at my posture, and he said, ah, posture is very good. And I thought, oh, God, thank God, I, you know, I'm passing, at least on the posture. And then I guess he said, if I had a question, and I had to think really hard because the question that came up for me was, what do I do about my marriage? You know, should I get a divorce? And if I get a divorce, what will happen to us? And then I realized when I was thinking that question, that if you have the question, you have the answer. And somehow that is what came to my mind. And I thought, yeah, I have the answer. And so I just said I wanted to know what he would say to me about my practice, what was the best way to pursue it when I went home. And so that was my meeting with him. And from then on, I felt you know, I had found a teacher. I'd been studying uh, yoga and other things, but the yoga was like a preamble to Zazen, which was really tough on my body, like mm. everyone. And so that changed my life. Mm. I changed everything after that. I got a divorce and went through hell. But I had that, the, and Jean, you know, Jean Ross was in Carmel, and I lived with a few minutes away, so we, I would go sit with Jean. That's where David was, too. David sat there with her. Oh, right, right, right. And I knew David at Tassahara, too. Excuse me. David Silver. Jean was wonderful. Jean was everything. She was a teacher. She, of course, conducted the Zazen, the meetings we had. And one day she had a guest come from Japan. He was a huge man and a, a teacher. And, and I had come over for something, I forget what, and walked in on them when he had come to visit her. And they're sitting on the floor with a jug of hooch, <laughs> laughing and having a wonderful time and being very human. That really, really blew my mind. But it made me... It sort of made it much better for me seeing Jean being human with a famous Japanese teacher who was also being human. It was great for me. Yeah, that was Tatsugami. That's right. He looked like the Japanese wrestler. <laughs> yeah, he, he was the sumo champ of AAG when he was there. He was very strong. And he, he came to Tatsara as a guest teacher for three yes. practice periods. Yes, yes, he was wonderful. Ah, that's neat. <laughs> yeah, I could tell you stories all night because so much of it played out after Dick took over. I was clear that I didn't feel comfortable there. And uh, my relationship with Toss was that I would go there rarely and not stay for any period of time anymore. So it's more with Jean that I continued my practice. Mm -hmm. She was wonderful for me. She was kind to the children and just a wonderful person. Mm -hmm. Mert, 
is, do you want me to ask me a question? Um, do you do you remember uh, Mark Lewis who sat there? Mark Lewis. Yeah, he sat with Gene. At that time, I don't know what did Mark look like. He was tall and young. He was a high school student when he started to sit with her. He went to he went to Carmel High. I remember when you first came, uh, and you were with your husband in a house in the Carmel Highlands, nice place, and your That's name was Dot Loose, and he owned his family owned I think Loose Meats, and I'd see these trucks going around. Monterey County, loose meats, and I'd, I'd think of you. But, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. And well, that wealthy man, multimillionaire family, never once paid a dime to support his children. Is that right? Yeah, that was. They were my children. <laughs> they were my gift to the world. Well, somehow you managed to live in Carmel. Uh, no, not when I got divorced. No, no, no. That house was sold, and uh, we moved. The children and I moved to. Well, we stayed with the Olinskys, Saul Olinsky and his wife. It where? In the Highlands. Oh. Saul oh. lived near us, and Jean. Saul and Jean Olinsky, and she was sort of the great auntie to the kids, and Saul was. A very old friend of my dad's. Is that right? He yeah. Was, he was a very, very well-respected community organizer, the most. He was the most famous community organizer in America. You're not telling me anything new. Huh. But Uncle Saul was a kick in the ass. He was wonderful. And he knew that I grew up in a red diaper family. Uh-huh. So we were a natural fit. He knew my dad from organizing, and the kids knew him. My son went to college, and they talked in the poli-sci class about this famous Saul Alinsky, and Ray said he suddenly realized how famous Uncle Saul was. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway. Right, right. Yes. He uh-huh. was a character. He was unique, really, truly unique person. Mm. He was tough, too. Mm. Anyway, anyway, to go back to where we were living, we ended up in uh, being broke, no support, no nothing. I had no education, no way of earning a living, but it worked out. You know, things always do when we're... Well, I wonder where I was visiting you in Carmel. Maybe you were staying with Yolanda. Uh... Another, you just work your ass off, and huh. they work. So, so uh, what'd you do when you got a divorce? No, we ended up the divorce. What did I do? Yeah. What'd you do for Three money? Things? Oh well, I went to. That was the only thing I could do. Lived on welfare. Of course, and food stamps. Uh huh. And suffered. Did you through it? Did you work? And worked at whatever I could. I had no interest. I was a machine. 
You were what? Did I work? Yeah. I was married when I was 18, so I didn't have work experience, so I couldn't work. I didn't have a job, but I had food stamps and welfare. Mm. Mm. Um. Anyway, I put myself through school. Yeah. And that's how I got a job. Oh, wow. I had a student loan, put myself through school. Got a degree, in master's what? in psychology, and got a, a license. And I've been a licensed psychotherapist for over 50 years. Oh, my goodness. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well where, where, do you, where were you born? Where do you come from? San Francisco. I'm a red diaper baby. I was born the day of the Great Strike. My mother walked to the hospital to have me because my father couldn't take her. He had his skull broken by a bastion by the police who were breaking up the strike. What strike? August 30th, 1934. The 1934 Great Strike in San Francisco. What were they striking? Who was striking what? The waterfront. It's a great strike of David. You don't know poli sci. No. The political science greatest strike in in California and across the United States was in 1934. Mm -hmm. I guess you didn't know that. But anyway, that was when I was born. So I was a red diaper baby. Mm. Hmm. Wow. And um, let's see. Harry Bridges was there, right? Yeah, my father hated him. Oh, he why? He, he was house. the most famous union organizer. Yeah, but my father felt he betrayed the San Francisco Union. He was from Australia, and he did a deal at some point where my father and the people who were striking felt he betrayed them. That's all I know. You know, as a little girl listening to history later, that's what I was told. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Wow. But wow. that was what I grew up with. And that was, uh, I guess, our, we really were a family where we got together for picnics, the people who were part of that, the big movement. We would have kids who knew each other growing up. One of them was a boyfriend of mine later, whose father was the head of the law school, the USF law school. And they were red diaper baby people. So that was a big movement in the city and a big part of my life politically. Mm. 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 And, Which was long ago. And how did you end up? Uh, you said you were 18. So you were just out of high school or something? Were you in college when you got married? Or? I was in in college, I graduated from high school 17, so I was a freshman, I think. No, I was a sophomore. Where? When I was 18. Where? San Francisco State. Uh-huh. And, and where did you meet your husband? Through a friend at San Francisco State, his best friend. Mm-hmm. Tom, I was our best man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. And he was, Tom was best friends with Ray, and Tom's parents loved me dearly and were great promoters of the romance, as a matter of fact. Um, what do you do? Do you remember anything else about um, Tassara? You remember Lambert, Bill Lambert outside? Bill Lambert was a relative. Uh, he was a cousin from the past of my husband's family. Really? And so they used to, yes, my husband's family, his father, my father-in-law, used to go there to Lambert's Ranch in the summers for rides on horses and stay there at the horse ranch. But they're related. They're cousins somehow far, far away. Wow. I remember being at Lambert's with you and Yolanda. Uh, And, you know, Yolanda was always uh, dealing uh, hashish and stuff, right? She was from Austria. And she said, and there was an old rancher Bill was talking to, and I think they were drinking something. And Marion, his wife, was at the, you know, the, the, the stove. We're sitting at the big kitchen table. And uh, Yolanda said to Bill, Bill, do you mind if I smoked some hashish? Oh, and she was talking to an older guy who was there who was a little drunk, uh, like an old rancher or something. Do you mind if I turn your friend on to hashish? And Bill said, go right ahead, yo. And, and Marion at the stove said, Bill? And he said, shut up. And and she said, Bill. And then he said, no, no, you go ahead, yo. And his wife said, Bill. And he, then he pulled out a big knife. And, he, and he, he's, he drove it into the table and said, okay, I'm making a line. And he pulled a long gash across that wooden table and said, everybody wants to smoke ashes on this side of the line. Everybody who doesn't on that. <laughs> I guess he went over on the other side of you to do that. And uh, Marion gave up, you know, and Bill didn't smoke any, but his friend did and Yo did. Uh, and probably I did. Uh, yeah, I remember. I remember. <laughs> I remember, I remember Bill. I loved him dearly. He was always a sweetheart. His heart was in the right place a lot of times. And he sure cut through bullshit. Yeah. But who the hell is Yolanda? Yolanda Shay. Oh, the crazy wild woman. I remember Yolanda. Oh, she had her little girl. What was her name? Ooh. Oh, I, I, she had several it? children. And but the little girl, Sissy or something, was around my daughter's age, and they used to. I would take them to Carmel River to play, and she got. She'd been playing with someone else at Carmel River Beach when I was there with my kids, and she got cut her foot on a piece of glass at Carmel River Beach. And her mother was off somewhere, and nobody knew where. And it pissed me off so much, I wanted to kill her. So I took a little, what was her name? 
Oh, God, I can't remember her name. I can't remember. No, but it was like Tiffy or some strange name. Anyway, I took her to the emergency room and finally got her bandaged and everything and then presented her to Yolanda when I finally could run Yolanda down. And she said to me, well, you expect me to thank you, but you're wrong. I think you did the wrong thing. I don't believe you organized hospitals. Oh, yeah, that's you. Oh. That's you. Oh, yeah, so. She lived to be in her 90s, and um, she lived in Pacific Grove right by uh, Vic and Shana Selby, if you remember them. Uh, Where were they? Well, he was uh, he was a math teacher, and she was from Dallas. Um from, from uh, and we had friends in common from Dallas and Fort. Well, I come from Fort Worth next door. Anyway, they were real nice people. And uh, uh, they come into Tassajara with Yo, and Yo would bring hash cookies for everyone. And I'd say, Yo, we don't we don't take we don't smoke pot or eat hash here. We can't. And and she it was hard for her to imagine. She just thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And she. But I said, no, don't, you know, take those out with you when you leave. Uh, but, yeah. of course, there would be some people, there were very few, who uh, were uh, interested and would find Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just life. Yeah. That is so funny, though, because when I think of her, I think of all the other things that were going on there. In the, at that time, and life of more people. Uh, you know, my house in Pacific Grove, I still own. I rent it. Oh, is that right? My God. Yeah, it's an old, old, God, I don't know what year anymore. 1910, 1925. It's a little cottage falling apart, of course, mm. but I still have it. And it's been good for me. Except that because I'm, you know, legally blind, I can't drive to go down there anymore, and it's just too hard to get down there. So I may have an income from it, which is very helpful. Hmm, that's great. That's great. Hmm. Yeah, that's where I raise my kids. Yeah. Poverty Row. <laughs> yeah. All the hippies lived there, and you know, they said the smoke wasn't fog in PG; it was smoke from dope. Yeah. You know, what, what, right. Uh, one thing I remember is, you know, I went out and, and studied Japanese intensively at the Monterey Institute of Foreign Studies. And I got. I a, remember a, that. Yeah, I got a little tiny place in Pacific Grove. And uh, you would drive me to the city for uh, Suzuki Roshi lectures on That's mm, right. Saturday. That's uh, right. And, and then. When uh, I lost that place, Lambert got me a, a nice little cabin uh, with a friend of his in the Carmel Valley, but sort of on the end that's sort of near Carmel, and you loaned me your station wagon so I could drive to <laughs> class. And that was really, oh, really helpful. Uh, David, I forgot that, but I'm glad you remember. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, that was for, you know, a few months you loaned me your station well, wagon I don't know what you did but I guess you had some well, other... or maybe I just rode in with other people to work 
But, you know, you are a special class kind of relation in our family. You're like, I don't know what, uncle, some kind of figure to the kids, some male figure that was stability. As little as you may have realized you were stable to us, you were. Oh, wow. I guess <laughs> by comparison, and they always remembers you throwing in the candy in the shopping cart. They loved it. And they always look forward to you being around because they knew if you were there, there was going to be fun, fun, fun. Huh. Because you're still such a big kid at heart. Huh. And yet you're legally a grown-up. So you're the perfect person in their life. <laughs> they really believed in you. David's coming over. God, we're going to go grocery shopping with David. And I'd always think, why? Why go shopping? Then I'd see the cart full of candy and treats. And I realized David has a hold over these kids. (laughs) They have never forgotten you. You've always been there. How can I put it? I think you were their Roshi of Tassahara at their level. Well, goodness. Huh. Yeah. I, well, I remember that. I remember that. I just said hello to Ray. And, uh, yeah, we, we talked a little bit about back then, uh, quite a bit back then. Um, yeah. So, you know that the oldest group picture we have uh, at Tassahara, which was done in uh, the fall of 1967, after the first practice period and after the guest, uh, the, the guest season that summer of 67, the first year we were there was broken into two and there was a practice period. Guest season was May, June, and then, uh, the, the practice period was, um, July, August. And then there was a, a second guest season in September. And after that, like in October, uh, you were around some th- then in that fall. And uh, you say that you're the person on the far right uh, yeah. front row in that picture. Uh, yeah. Wow. And you're sure of that? Mm-hmm. Huh. All right. I can't see the picture. I, I don't have the picture in front of me. Well, You've, wait a minute. You, yes, I do. Wait, 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 wait. I have a picture on my altar. If you hang on, I'm going to go look right now. The altar's in the living room. Huh. Put the light on. Okay. Let's see where it is. Yep, here it is. Got the same picture. Yeah, if you look at the picture, bottom row, far right, Final person on the right with white knee pants. That's right. me. Wow. With my skinny legs. Wow. All right. Yep. I I didn't After recognize you in that about. picture. I found it hard to believe, but but you, you. Why? Why didn't you recognize me? My hair is pulled back, but other than that. Mm, I didn't. Well. I just didn't, but uh, anyway, uh, for a long time, we didn't see each other, you, you know. No, that's true. And then uh, I met you again at, at, at a reunion. A that's right. A reunion. Many years had passed. 
and you came up here. You were here in Arcata with yeah. one of your boys. Yeah. And you came over to the house, and we went over to the Zendo. Yes. And I went to the Zendo this last Sunday and sat with the priest that they have, uh, the teacher from Santa Cruz, and sat Sazen. I haven't done that in a while. Oh, yeah. I did a podcast with him, a, a very short oh, one. Oh, good. Three years ago. Uh he was okay. the first one. He was a. He was one of the first. There was. I talked to Mel Weitzman, Paul Disco, and then him. We did a thing. It was about fifteen minutes, or thirty minutes. Uh, and I, what's his name again? I can find it. Oh gosh. Huh? Oh god, I can just think of it. Memory without, without vision, your memory really goes. Maybe oh, really? it would go anyway, but I think when you, I know. Yeah. Well, That's one of the first things you lose without vision. Oh, wow. Uh, well, he, I, I did a podcast with him just about because he did the, uh, the, 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 the COVID had just come around, right? And he, he, yeah. it, he did the Inmei Juku Kanongyo. Uh, in 20 seconds, which was how long you're supposed to wash your hands. So for the podcast, he washed his hands and did the it made you could kind of go. Uh, well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really liked him. And he, yeah, yeah, he has a nice, nice, sweet spirit. And I just, like I said, just saw him this last week. And I go now, oh, not often, you know, I go, probably I'll go once a month with a friend who can take me because, you know, not being able to see and not driving, it's hard to get anywhere. That's the hardest part in my life that has, I don't know, I haven't dealt with it completely yet. I get lonely socially, but Facebook has been wonderful. David's photographs are incredible. Just what a gift. And so what I can find I make use of, and certainly sitting zazen helps. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Eugene Bush is his name. Yes. 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 The uh, Bush is what I remember. So, how much Gene can you Bush. see? Well, I can see enough to walk around, and you know, not fall down. Uh, but what I can't do is I can't read. I can't drive. Well, wait a minute. You're on Facebook. You you write little bits. I mean, I know it's hard. But yeah, what I do is I enlarge it full, full, full blast, and my eyes will manage long enough for me to read maybe ten minutes. And uh-huh. if I enlarge it hugely, it's very slow pickings, you know. But I do do that as often as I can manage it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, ah. Well, um, hmm. you uh, you remember anything else about uh, Suzuki Roshi here? I remember he was. Oh, I'm trying to think. I remember his incredible kindness. It was just uh, all encompassing, and I loved. Oh, his wife. 
Me too. When I was in the kitchen. Yes. We all called her When Okasan. I was in the kitchen. Okasan, yeah, I, know, I remember. But when I was in the kitchen um, working, which is where I found myself as a student, um, before she was arriving, there's a lot of excitement about her coming. And, of course, we didn't know what exactly she would be doing, where, what, whatever. But when she came, she landed, and she landed right in the kitchen. I had been going crazy because I was in so much pain, psychically and emotionally. All I wanted was silence around me so I could try to focus on meditation. And there would be these girls in the kitchen talking, and I wanted to choke them, and I knew that was not very Buddhist of me. So when she came into the kitchen, she wasn't in the kitchen four minutes before she said, and we have quiet. <laughs> I thought, thank you. You are my angel. I will love you forever. And she right. immediately didn't waste one minute. But the thing is that no one resented it. You know why? Because everything she said to do was right. And we all knew it. She mm. was not unfair. She was not mean. She was clear. And yeah. we knew it. Mm. She had the authority. And I I loved her and I respected her. She was wonderful. Oh, that's, that's really good to hear. Huh. Huh. Yeah. You remember any... Well, Anybody else from back there in particular? Well, Yvonne Rand. Yvonne was important to me in a lot of ways. Uh -huh. Of course, Jean Ross. Jean Ross was a, God, how can I put it, a spiritual mother to me. Hmm. She was so good to the kids and so good to me. She was always there for me. Um, just incredibly kind. When she was leaving, when she was moving away, she gave me a lot of things of hers that were sort of Buddhist, like in her mind. There were these things from Japan, beautifully, and I still have them. Some yeah. uh, vases and some books. Uh, Journey into Silence was her beginning introduction to Buddhism. And uh, she was just... Her relationship with my kids was such kindness. They never had that from their grandmother, their fraternal grandmother, paternal grandmother. Mm. Um, she was just, she was my Roshi. And I told her that once. I said, you know, Jean, you're my teacher. You're my Roshi. And she laughed. She said, no, I'm not. I said, yes, you are. And she said, I am not a Roshi. And I said, you are in my eyes. And I said, I don't care what you say. I know you are my Roshi. And she just smiled. You know, she's she was incredibly deep, much deeper than people gave her credit for, I think. Hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, Suzuki certainly uh, gave her credit. Um, yeah. She was the... Yeah. She was the maybe the third or fourth Shuso head monk at Tassara, and he, we went a whole practice period without um, a Shuso uh, because she couldn't come till the next one. And and I, I he did that to, 
to, I think, to pressure her into coming. Uh, and she well, would, anyway, I think when she was Shuso, she was still driven out to do her, her Monday night sitting in, in Carmel. That sounds like Jean. Yeah. You know who was there was David, too. David Silva. Yeah. Yeah. And Romy. Romy was there. Oh, and yeah. Who else? Yeah. You remember her? Oh, vaguely. It's a long time ago. She died of breast cancer, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was sad. Very sad. Yeah. I, I had lunch with her when we. she cooked me this special thing when I was down visiting. And uh, I met her husband and whatnot. And then not long after, I got a call from her, and she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it was a bad diagnosis, so... Was pretty quick between the time I saw her and the time she died. It was just short time, so I was really mm. sorry about it. Mm. But uh, I haven't kept up with the other members, you know, that I would know who's alive and who's dead. But I guess I could keep up better. David, do you remember the time when you were first publishing something? Transcripts, I think, of the tape recordings mm -hmm. that I donated money. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, no, I remember that was a long time ago. My God, how long ago? I wasn't publishing. I was preserving. Yes. Uh, we yes. were we were, were getting the lectures recording. transcribed and... Um, uh, you know, digitized and uh, different things that, you know, at first, uh, you know, it, it evolved through the years. Uh, I started doing yeah, that. I in, still have to take Yeah, I started doing that in the mid-90s. Uh, and That's what I wondered. Yeah, the, I wondered what it was. The, uh, the, the first um, fundraising let I've sent out very few through the years and very little fundraising and uh, actually um, I get by now on donations uh, and um, uh, the first one went out around uh, I don't know 2000 or, or around 1999 or something uh, but I, but I also raised money. Uh, for Zen Center, so uh, because um, uh, uh, to to do the um, high quality reel to reel tape uh, mass, mass oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, files, I raised a lot of money to get that going. Uh, well, I still have tapes. I still have the old tapes. Oh well, I would like to know what tapes you have. The earliest that you did, I believe, I will have Ray look at them when I find them. I'll have to search. Well, for I them, didn't distribute tapes, uh, so whatever you've got, I'd I'd be very interested in seeing. Do you do you think do you think maybe uh, Ray could? Uh, hmm, how many tapes do you have? I have no idea. I have to look. But I did have tapes, and I kept them because you and 
your whoever it was, another guy, were working on that originally to just note it, getting them down from uh-huh. uh, lectures. Uh-huh. So you got some copies. We probably have all that, but I'd I'd like to see to make sure. Sure. Uh, you know. If I can find them, I'll figure out a way to get them to you. I'll get in touch on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have a, a P.O. box. Uh, you, you don't have to send them. All, all, all I'd need to know is which, what, what the information says. It'll say the, uh, the name of it or something. But, sure. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's possible. It Every once in a while, uh, when I talk to somebody like this, we, we find something new that was lost. So, oh yeah. sure, that's the front of a treasure yeah. hunt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. Well, that's neat. <laughs> yeah. Well, and how is your weather there? What's it like? Oh, it rained all night. Uh, we're sort of getting toward the end of the rainy season. Um. And uh, uh, it's, you know, people think it's hot here. It it doesn't get, it really doesn't get that hot. Uh, uh, it's, it's uh, but we live near the ocean, you know, and, and there's like breezes. But, you know, it's usually in the 80s. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it, well, you're a Texan. Yeah, well, it gets well. It gets hotter. It got hotter in Texas. I don't know much about the South because I've never traveled much in the states. I traveled more around the world, uh, usually being disgusted with our governments and trying to get away. But uh, I'm not familiar with a lot of the country. I kind of regret that. I wish I had traveled through throughout the United States. But I don't think I would have lasted long traveling through the South. There's so much about it that disgusts me. Oh, the South. Well, the South. Um, the South has changed more than other parts of the country. For the good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, you know the the situation for black people living in the South. It's much, much better now than it was when I was young. Um, I had I had some involvement with the civil rights uh, work going on in '64, and uh, uh, then and I, I knew the guys that got killed there, and I went back and visited the family of James Cheney. Uh, black young guy, really wonderful guy who got uh, uh, murdered up in uh, Philadelphia, Mississippi. And uh, I went and visited his family in uh, Laurel, Mississippi, sort of in central Mississippi. And uh, his father, I I just thought I was going to go say hello to his father and mother, but his father got all the local... uh, uh, black leaders and businessmen together, and they all said it's a totally different now, and racism is not our biggest problem. Our biggest problem is drugs. Uh, 
And uh, I mean, wow. we agreed. If I had gone to that home and had a meeting like that in 64, and it, people had found out, uh, they would have burned the house down. Oh, God. And, and it was, it's, that meeting was arranged by a guy named Chick Reader. Well, actually, by his house cleaner, <laughs> his housekeeper. <laughs> Chick Reader was an early Suzuki Roshi student, and he also studied with um, uh, Dao Lun, the uh, the Chinese founder of the city of ten thousand Buddhas, who actually even went to Laurel and visited Chick, and they he Chick picked him up. And Chick got a call, uh, it, just out of the blue, and said, "There's a Chinese man in robes here that wants to see you." So Chick <laughs> went and picked him up and fed him and they sat Zazen all night together and Chick took him back to the train station and he went on the next day. I don't know where he was going. Uh, but yeah, Chick was a man. Chick's, Chick's family started Laurel, Mississippi. Yeah, he's very well to do. And uh, I, I've stayed with That's him. That's a there. wonderful story. Yeah. Um, a wonderful story. My daughter's kids, the adopted kids that went to the school to of 10,000 Buddhas, which is, you know, south of here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Ukiah. Yeah, right. They live in Willits, which is not far away, and he's a county supervisor, so he does the right thing. He's, you know, lefty, and uh, she teaches. They're both teachers, and they adopted kids and put them in that school for the 10,000 Buddhas. The problem was that the people who attended 10,000 Buddhists primarily were Hong Kong Buddhists with lots of money and very, very Western. And the goal being to make more money. The Buddha they wanted was the gold Buddha. Uh-huh. So my kids being socialists, of course, drew the kids out. Their kids took them out. They couldn't take the kids going to school with other kids from Hong Kong wearing, what, $5,000 Picar watches or whatever. So that's another side of, I guess, Hong Kong Buddhism. Oh, yeah. Um, well, there are a lot of very serious practitioners there. I mean, they're, they they have all sorts of things going on. Uh, and, and, you know, they have people who, who uh, don't lie down. Uh, very serious uh, monks and you know they have a a whole gamut of practices that are possible there yeah oh yeah I I went and did Zazen there and I was happy with it Uh I mean there were enough serious practitioners we walked in in, you know they were serious it was good I remember visiting uh, with them in the city and they were fixing up a big lunch of pancakes and because they didn't eat after noon. Now, I don't know oh, if that God. continued, but that's a Theravadan practice. Uh, that's original Buddhist thing for monks, but they followed that. Uh, the Theravadan? Well, no, well, they followed the practice of not eating until afternoon. Oh, yeah, right. And then eating once, and that was enough. Oh, Really? Yeah. Uh, huh. Well, pancakes wouldn't be a very good choice, I don't think. <laughs> no, high carb. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. 
Yeah. How is your lady love? I like her very much. Katrinka, yeah, we visited you up there too. Um, uh, she's doing great, and uh, uh, you know maybe she could drop by and say hello. She drop, she sees her son in a band in Oregon, and uh, then uh, sometimes she'll, you know, then she's got to get back to the San Francisco area to see some other people, and she does that every year. And uh, then her son will drive her, so they go right by your place. Uh, well, if she was in for stopping, that would be fun to talk to her. Yeah. I follow her on Facebook, and I love when she posts something on my you know, thing. It's nice to hear from her. Yeah. She's always upbeat, and she's, you know, I, I enjoy the way she portrays your life. You know, it's sort of one more view of it, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's great. She's she's in a couple of social groups there that, you know, do things to help uh, poor villages and stuff. And good causes. Yeah, good yeah. for her. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, she's got an excellent disposition, very nice to live with, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who can survive you, I'm sure, is a good woman. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, you know, I get so involved Diana, in my work. Uh, well, it, it's hard. It's it's hard. It's like being married to an artist, or really more like being married to a gambler. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, I, I I get so involved in my work that uh, uh, it. Or whatever I'm doing. That um, anyway. See, she's busy. Uh, the women I've been with have been very strong and had their own lives, so it, it actually worked out. She, uh, yeah, Diane. Uh, I remember Diane, my little Diane. Yeah, she's Diane. She she's been Diane for about yeah, oh, I don't know, thirty years, forty years. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good Jewish name. But I remember when we talked about our travels around the world, hitching. And uh, we uh, shared some stories, and I got warned off by her from places to avoid, which was very lucky for me because I was foolish and didn't know the difference of where I could go or not go. And uh, so there was a part of the world I didn't go to from good advice from Daye. Mm. Mm. Anyway, we were girlfriends at Tashahara at the time. And we had a lot in common. I think we both were, well, we were individual women who weren't wanting to be like everyone else. And uh, that's definitely we, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's she's got a little group up in Spokane now, and just got uh, lay entrustment last year from uh, Tia Strozer. Uh, oh, how wonderful! Yeah, and. Uh, Excellent. She she was just in a she played softball and she was just in a softball tournament somewhere like Arizona or something. I don't know where she ah, went. Uh, that's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah, it is. And she's in Spokane or Seattle. So, so Spokane. Yeah. Oh, great. That's wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. What time is it there? Right now it is twelve twelve. Uh, is it twelve noon or midnight? 
Uh, no, it's noon. Oh, good. Noon well, tomorrow. Well, you go. We're, 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 oh. we're here tomorrow. And uh, I can report that it's a good day, so uh, you can look forward to it. <laughs> I will. <laughs> You're ahead. Yeah. That's good. You're prescient. You can predict the future. Yeah, right. Okay, David. Right. It's been great to talk to you. Yeah, it's been really good. And uh, well, well, let's stay in touch. Your... Yes, I'm, I'm going to go online and look for you. Okay. And your old, uh, uh, again, what is it, the address? C-U-K-E dot com. C-K-U No, C-U-K-E dot com. Cuke. Like cucumber. Yeah, and dot G-O-V-E? No, com. Cuke dot com. Oh, com. Okay, C-O-M. Yeah. Okay. And you can email me from 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 it on the bottom of the home page. There's links to everything. And uh, okay. And it's been a pleasure. I'm really happy oh, we got to talk. I'm glad we did. Yeah. And I wish you well. And hi to Katrinka. Yeah. And your voice. Yeah. And tell Ray thanks for letting us use his phone. Oh, I will. Thank you. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye. So thanks a lot, Dot Dorothy Kostrykin. That was uh, really good. I really enjoyed it. And she and I had a really hard time connecting because, like she says, she's legally blind. uh, And um, I would try to connect to her on Facebook and we get a message. We have one back and forth and then I'd lose her. And really, it took a couple of years to connect. And the the way it was, David Silva helped us. Actually, was I don't know, for some reason, it was a horrible connection on her phone. Uh, and I couldn't call her phone number. It didn't work. It would just hang up right away. I don't know what it was, the way she had it set not to accept certain numbers. So somehow we connected Maybe by emailing and me calling her son's cell phone. That's what it was. And that's how we talked. Uh, and uh, let me tell you, that was years in the making. <laughs> anyway, thanks a lot, Dot. Really enjoyed it. And uh, until we meet again, this is DC, Pooba of Kuke Archives and Kuke Audio. Coming to you from Sleepy Sanur with Dog and Pandita and dear lovely Katrinka. And we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening.